you're not alone and like please reach out there's so many resources and there's like a massive lgbtq community with open arms like i swear to god everyone is so loving in that community that you will always have like someone who could be there for you who you could talk to so just reach out there's so many resources out there Hello, everybody. This is Caitlin Jinko, aka Lels. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this now second episode of my Learn with Lels podcast. In my first episode, I was clearly reading my introduction um, and some feedback I got. People were saying that they prefer when I am just being my awkward self instead of trying to read off a script. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so in this episode, I interview one of my best friends, um, Megan Mary Ardeal. Um, and in this episode, she talks about her coming out experience um, and why she doesn't like to call it a coming out experience. Um, and also what she learned from that whole time and what she wants other people to learn from it as well. In my last episode, for those who listened, you could hear my dog humping his bed in the background. So for this episode, I'm learning and I made sure that Max was not around and there was no dog humping. But in this episode, Megan has a couple cats and they were uh, running around the whole time. And I had a pretty bad allergic reaction, which was very unfortunate. Um, But they didn't really make any noise. So whatever, I guess it's okay. Um... Yeah, so thank you for listening to my second episode of my Learn With Lulz podcast. Megan is such a beautiful and inspirational woman, so I'm sure that you will enjoy what she has to say. So I feel like anyone who would listen to this would know who you are, but in case any random people happen to listen, can you introduce yourself? Oh my goodness, okay. Um, my name is Megan Ideal. You want to know, like, what I do and all that? Yeah. I am a registered nurse. I grew up in Curtis with Caitlin and all of our friends. And then went to school at Western in London for nursing. And then moved back home. And then lived in Scarborough. And then life happened and then I moved back home. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved to the beaches in Toronto, which I fell in love with. And... Then I got a job in Niagara Falls, so then I moved to Mississauga with my current partner now. And now I commute every day, Monday to Friday. But yeah, when I went in through for nursing, I kind of always had the idea that I didn't want to be in the hospital because I appreciate the importance of acute care, obviously, because it's always going to be needed. But I just am way more passionate about like the upstream, upstream approach to healthcare and the educational component of it and the health promotion component of it. Um, especially after working in the hospital because you see how many things that could have been prevented beforehand. Um, so that's, that's an area in my mind that deserves a lot of attention to, and that's why I wanted to get into public health. So that's where I'm working now is Niagara Region Public Health, and I'm a public health school nurse. So I get to work with students and teach and promote healthy initiatives in schools, and et cetera, et cetera. They just passed the... Um, bylaw whatever it was that bans cell phones from classes now but oh yeah they used to until just this month actually i think true and actually it hasn't even happened yet so in a couple days that will officially come into play that's gonna be so hard to control but some schools in niagara have already eliminated them yeah which is good because Mm. when we were in high school i couldn't imagine if we could use ourselves yeah how like sketchy would that be like 
if you could like take pictures of your teachers during class yeah and, like, definitely play video games on your phone but they like they've done that over the past almost decade probably i never understood like texting in class because it's like all of my friends are also in class like sitting and listening but then at the same time too it's like well in a well, workplace you're always going to have your phone I have two phones and a laptop. Yeah, so and like, a monitor. Yeah, so like it does kind of make sense to like equip them with in a way, like you know what I mean. But also remember, we always pass notes in class because you're I sitting so. beside them, you <laughs> yeah. can't talk to them or like tell them secrets. So like yeah. same thing, except now it's so much easier for them, but less True. fun because passing notes and like getting away with it's even more. Yeah, fun. although I don't think I ever did that. I feel like I was just a nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, you were definitely not a nerd. Somewhat. No, you were the valedictorian. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and you were the yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a wonderful. Time. I still will never ever forget when you told me that in the change room. Yeah, that was like one of my favorite moments. I feel like, like we were life. like in the the like, uh, what's it called? Um, it, we were in like the, the stall, ba- in the, the yeah. stall section, and <laughs> yeah, you told me in like in the dark, room. and like you were like jumping oh up god. and down alone in the change room. Yeah. Oh my god, we're such dorks. Yeah. But yeah, because um, I got a note like on my desk in like chemistry class or something, or I don't know some class. So like go for like a guidance counseling appointment and I was like what the heck like I'm not am I in, in any trouble am I and <laughs> then I do? yeah then Mr. Ferris was like I have an assignment for you he's like you are gonna have to write a speech like for the valedictorian I was like oh my god I was like who's the salutatorian he's like Megan Ardeal I was like oh my god can I tell her and then That's so fun then yeah we like went into like the bathroom stall and we're like whispering i feel like that's also similar to when we both find out we made F- darlington fury <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we opened our envelopes and we're like did you make it oh that's so precious soccer by the way yeah, yeah. we thought it said darlington furry back when we were nine, <laughs> yeah. little nine-year-olds yeah um yeah so anyway i wanted to talk to you <laughs> about uh, this Something is what totally I actually, different yeah totally different this is what i actually wanted to talk to you about was your coming out experience, or air quote coming out experience, because you don't really refer to it yeah. as that. Um, so can you tell us that story a little bit? Also, sorry, is it getting rashy? A little bit, yeah, I think. I'm reacting it's to dark. Megan's cats. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you think I'll be as clear to? I'll be okay, I think. Um, yeah, um, sorry. So. Okay, so I told Caitlin I was nervous about doing this because I like feel like it was so long ago now, like I'm way beyond all of that, but... Um, God, I barely even know where to start. So for those of you who don't know or who knew me in high school, you knew me as Megan, Minister of Athletics, basically was what people knew me for, or like athletic, whatever. Um, and you would have known me as straight because that's what I was in high school. Um, and even through most of university. So the first time any of this came to be was um, summer of third year university. I was working at Harmony Creek Golf Course in Oshawa. It's a pretty cool course if none of you guys have checked it out. <laughs> yeah, I had worked there the summer before and that was my second summer going back to work there um, after my third year university. And then someone had got hired in the pro shop. And of course, being the friendly person that I am. I introduced myself and wanted to make her feel welcome. What do you do? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Um, she went to Durham College. She played on the varsity basketball team. She was in school for firefighting and she was from Windsor. Um, anyway, so yeah, got all those get to know you questions out of the way, just super friendly or whatever. Um, and then I honestly, I can barely remember. I just know it was such a, it was a crazy 
feeling for me as as things kind of played out but I think it was a short period of time like within the span of a couple of weeks I noticed myself like always kind of being excited when she'd be at work or like little things like that or like wanting to like because so I worked upstairs at the bar and she worked downstairs in the pro shops then I would always want to like go downstairs or stopping the pro shop to see who was there or like see if she clocked into work and all those little things and I was like that's kind of odd like why am I so wrapped up in like this new girl at work kind of thing um not thinking anything of it at the time like I've never had two thoughts before that about ever dating girls like it was mm-hmm. never a thought on my mind never looked at girls that way even her I never looked at I didn't look at her that way I just I was inclined to like always want to talk to her always want to be around her or always want to hang out with her um so when I'd like call down to the pro shop from the bar and just like chat on the phone while like it was slow or like once I started learning a few more things about her, like what her favorite pop was or something, like I do little things and go bring it down there for her and like whatever, like cute little things like that. So then the summer kind of proceeded with a whole bunch of little like cute gestures. And as weeks went by, like I remember leaving like little notes on her windshield before she'd go, like so many little things. And then after a while I was like, okay like this does not feel like how I treat like any of my other friends yeah you won't do that pretty for sure me. I never did that for you growing up <laughs> no offense <laughs> it's fine um yeah so so yeah basically there was there came a point where I remember going over to her place to hang out and then at some point I learned that she was kind of in the middle of breaking up with her ex who I actually knew so I, I found out her ex was a girl that had played on both of our soccer teams oh, yeah. before. Right. So she was currently dating and kind of in the middle of a breakup with this person that Caitlin and I both played soccer with. So at that point, then I obviously found out that she was, I don't like labels, but that she was gay or that she had dated girls in the past or was dating a girl. She also has dated many men, but um, at that time she was dating that girl and breaking up with her. So I was actually just kind of like a supportive friend and she came to me because she was having a hard time with the breakup. So I would, like, kind of help her through it or, like, how to respond to messages or whatever. Um, just being that, like, supportive, quote, friend, <laughs> special friend. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember when I went to her place one time to hang out, like, I always get so excited to hang out or, like, go to her place. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And, like, I try to leave work early and then, like, um, want to hang out with her or whatever. And then I remember her asking if I've ever thought of, like, dating girls and stuff. Because I'm sure she kind of felt a little bit of energy from me from being mm-hmm. like excited and wanting to talk to her and like we'd be so goofy like on the phone and send snapchats and like I would send her like videos of me like whatever like goofy impressions or like singing just kind of like being playful um and then when she had asked me that I said no like I'd never never thought about it never considered it like I just literally thought I was straight and that's always how I identified and I never questioned it um and also to okay I'll get to this I guess it's hard to know what to get to when because some some of the things are like actions that have things played out and some of the things were like various thoughts that I was that I kind of encountered throughout the process mm-hmm. so one okay one thought or one concern or something that bothered me that had come up at this time when I first kind of discovered that I potentially had these feelings for a girl was obviously like what people would think like of course yeah. for myself it was like a crazy realization and also not easy to accept because like I didn't I didn't like feel 
I did I couldn't identify with that because it just didn't feel like me like to say that I was gay or to say that I was a lesbian or even bisexual yeah. like it just didn't feel natural at all yeah because I feel like most of the time you hear people like oh I've like always known this but it's like something I've been hiding whereas for you it wasn't like that at all yeah and it was such a different experience because it wasn't like it wasn't like the attraction came first like I still looked at her and like wasn't where I like the way I felt about her, the way I acted around her didn't match like how I felt like in terms of attraction or chemistry yet necessarily. So that, that was kind of different for me too. Cause then like, obviously it means something that I always want to be around her and I'm so excited. Like that energy is coming from somewhere that I can't even explain. So of course it means something, mm-hmm. um, without the superficial kind of attraction or whatever chemistry that you would tend to have when you start dating somebody first, you do that comes yeah. first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, obviously my heart's telling me something like this means something but the thing that bothered me was that if like or when later on people would find out they would they would kind of think oh well that makes sense she didn't date a lot in high school because she was always gay and I didn't like the idea that people were would then like kind of put place a story to my history in high school that didn't really match what I felt like even though at that point in the summer yes sure you could say if I was dating a girl I'm technically bisexual or I'm technically gay or whatever you want to call it but back then I actually wasn't so I didn't want people to kind of Mm -hmm. misconstrue who I was back then or why I made the decisions I made because back in high school I just I really valued like getting involved and like prioritizing all of that kind of stuff over dating and I just I had crushes on people here and there but I just didn't prioritize or put the time into dating because I wanted to put time into things that I felt passionate about so Mm -hmm. that was my reasoning for it like it wasn't because I was in the closet yeah and for a while that bothered me because I was like I know that people will obviously associate that with with me being in the closet and Mm -hmm. I just didn't like that um okay so let's move forward to the first time I like actually realized that like this was something was when um my ex I'll just her name is Stephanie when she went to like kiss me for the first time mm-hmm. and for me that was just like crazy like imagine if you're straight right now listening to this it would be the same same way you would feel if like a girl like genuinely went to kiss you like it yeah. feels like it would feel so weird so like it was like my whole world just like flipped upside down mm-hmm. um but did you go in for it right away or were you like no I never went home. in it was yeah. like she came in and kissed me and it was just like I think it was just like a quick thing yeah um and then like in my mind, it was just, like, such a blur, like, so foggy, I was, like, holy fuck, like, what does this mean, like, oh, my god, my whole life is different, my whole world is different, like, who am I, like, oh, my god, I can't believe what's happening, not because, not even because it, like, felt good or felt chemistry, it wasn't that, it was just, Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck does this mean, if it's gonna be something, or, like, yeah, why am I having these feelings, like, just all that kind of stuff, yeah, so then I remember the day after, when I went back to work, I was on beer cart duty, which was actually super fun, because I just get to drive around, and, like, sell beer to all the old drunk guys, um, (laughs) but I remember driving around that day, and just feeling, like, I don't even know, like, dizzy, like, I just felt, like, crazy, I don't even know how to explain it, like, my entire world got flipped upside down, yeah, just from one kiss, but, it felt like insane because it was just like imagine for so at that point I think I was 21 so for 21 years mm-hmm. knowing and thinking I'm this person and then all of a sudden like a massive part of my identity just felt like it was like ripped out from under me and like I had no idea what was going on and I didn't I don't know yeah that's a huge deal 
And then, like, thinking about, like, how am I going to tell everybody this? Well, it wasn't even that, because at that point, I was nowhere near accepting that that was going to be a thing. Like, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I I couldn't help myself from acting that way around her, and we were working together all summer, so we just continued, and I just kind of was natural. Like, if I felt like saying something, or if I felt like hanging out or doing something, I would. Like, I didn't stop myself in that sense, but I was nowhere near actually identifying or labeling myself as anything remotely mm-hmm. related. I still said I was straight. I still said, like, no, I'm still planning on having a husband one day. Like, yeah. still so planning on getting married. Like so I was like, okay, thing? this is just, like, a summer thing, like, whatever. Yeah. And to me, I didn't make it, like, into a thing because I, I, I was nowhere near ready to accept that that was something. Like, yeah. I couldn't even fathom picturing flipping my entire future upside down, let alone, like, my current situation. Like, mm-hmm. I, like oh, my God, my whole life I've – obviously always pictured a wedding with a husband and like pictured having biological children and like my family and my friends have all known me this one way as well as myself so mm-hmm. to then picture my future completely different it was like a whole other ball game which obviously I had to get to mm-hmm. but at that time it was just like living in the moment like it was like a super super fun summer because that was probably the first time I like genuinely fell in love with someone yeah. for sure so yeah I dated like guys here and there but anyway yeah. this was my the first time I like definitely felt true love and the way I rationalized later on the way I rationalized it to myself was that um I said like this must mean even more than when you first meet someone and are attracted to them because this Mm -hmm. literally came from like a place so deep that like opposed everything I had ever pictured for myself everything I wanted like my natural attraction towards men like this kind of opposed all of that and I was still being drawn to it yeah I said this draw must be so powerful that I can't and I can't break from it, so, like, that must mean something. So I'm, like, this definitely yeah. is, like, true, natural, deep feelings, like, yeah. of of love and, like, true care for someone. Yeah. So at what point was it, like, this is going to be more than just, like, a summer thing, and this is, like, a real relationship? Um. So there did come – it was a long time, and, and my ex struggled with that because she was already beyond all that. Yeah. And it's if you've ever been in that scenario, it's so hard to backtrack after you've already been through kind of like a semi-traumatizing experience getting through it yourself and then having to like backtrack and go through it again and like hide everything from people. So that's another thing that I kind of forgot about. Like the whole summer you have to be so hidden. So uh, apart from me feeling like this crazy, insane, like world flip from like what just happened it was also like I also had to be really secretive and hide from all the people that were closest to me so now not Mm -hmm. only have I introduced this new type of identity into my life and like eliminated something I always thought I was but now I'm also like kind of isolated from everyone else I knew so it's like two huge things but it was still one of the best summers because I'm with someone who like I'm crazy like in love with or whatever um so that was actually also really hard because I would have to kind of sneak around to not let people know because I was not ready to tell anyone because I wasn't even ready to accept anything myself. So yeah, from you guys, like it was really hard to like have natural conversations because every, every minute I was spending away from them was with this person who I couldn't tell you about. So it was hard Mm -hmm. to know what to talk about or to like, and my family, like it was hard to, yeah, to talk, to talk naturally and like hide this like excitement or hide these like emotions that I was having. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember being like a little bit annoyed because I was you? like, oh well, because it was like, we were, it was the end of summer and like we were all going to go back to school and then you, like we all wanted to like hang out before like everyone goes back, but then 
you were like going to Tobermory for oh. like a week with Steph. It's like really like this. Bitch you just wants met to... this girl. This yeah, girl. like this is just like your friend who you've been like friends with for like two months, and like you're not gonna see any of our friends for like months. But I didn't realize that yeah. y'all were in a relationship. Well, we weren't in my mind, but yeah. um, Tobermory was also beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. So worthwhile, but <laughs> true. <laughs> Glad we caught up. Yeah. Um, so your question, to answer your question, the first time um, I realized it was going to be more than just a summer thing was not that I was posed an ultimatum, but so come the end of summer, we both had to go back to school because I was only home from university because it was summer break. So I went back to London to Western for school and Steph stayed in Oshawa. Yeah, so she stayed in Oshawa at Durham College and basically... All along, like, she knew my hesitation. She knew I wasn't where she wanted me to be. She knew that her feelings were continuing to grow. And obviously mine were too, but I wasn't accepting that they were. And I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, ready to accept that or look beyond that. So, basically, she said, like, I can't continue to stay in this whatever we are with my feelings continuing to build stronger and stronger for you if I'm just going to lose it all in the end. Like, she needed some yeah. more stability. Um, especially because we were long distance and stuff too. So... I think it was like the end of September and at this point no one knew at anything yet and then I finally kind of mustered up the courage to tell um some of my closest friends I think that not me (laughs) (laughs) I did though but not actually yeah well the very first person I told which I don't really know why but the first person I actually told this person in person um I think because it kind of came up like or something had come up at Kelly's house it was Caitlin Platts and Kelly there and we were hanging out yeah and then like I don't know if she could tell something was up or like I was like no it's fine or like I have something to tell you I had to get off my chest um because I was struggling so much because like this was either like I couldn't even fathom losing Stephanie out of my life but I also couldn't fathom accepting this as my life as my future like it was two completely different impossible scenarios for me at the time it's so hard like my heart would have been like torn out of my chest if like we had ended things there and I couldn't do it at all. So that was more powerful, obviously, than, than imagining having to pursue this life. So, yeah. So eventually, and the way I, people who've experienced this with me will know that anytime I have something like, not a secret, but like something like deep to tell you or something like to get off my chest or something that I'm nervous about, it's like a fucking guessing game. Like I'm there like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. She's like, well, Megan, what is it? Like, are you sick? Like, are you pregnant? Like, do you have cancer? Um, do you have a girlfriend? But I would always skip it. Like she would say it once and I still would never answer. And I'd be like, no, no. And then like, <laughs> so she'd have she have to knew. circle back around and yeah. then finally like find out. And then I'd tell her. So, so like she I had was a little, idea? a little pussy one. Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think maybe you could, you could ask her, but so anyway, so when she found out, when I told her, um, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm like, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously she's like, I don't understand it. Or that's crazy. Cause like, I've never known you to like girls, but like, obviously I'm going to support you no matter what. And like, I'm super happy for you kind of thing. Um, do you remember how you told me? <coughs> <coughs> so that's where I was getting with my story. Um, so I told Kelly first. And then when I was in London at university, oh, that's what I did. So another girl that Steph and I worked with at the golf course, she was she labeled herself as bisexual and she had dated males and females in the past. And I think she was currently dating a female at the time when we were working with her. So I knew she understood or would get it. And like, she was kind of, 
she saw us at work. So like we never said anything, but like she obviously had an idea. Um, so since I knew she kind of already had an idea and she was like rooting for us to be something, even though I was like, no, like we both would, would deny <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I actually texted her. So I had this whole text conversation with her to explaining like how I felt so conflicted. Like I was like, I still feel so attracted to guys, but like, so I don't know what that means because like, I can't let go of my feelings for Steph. Like I walk out on my university campus and like, I still want to go and talk to guys and like want to pursue mm-hmm. that because that's like a door that I was, or like a door that was open my entire life that I was trying to fill or whatever kind of yeah. phrase you want to say that I don't know what the proper phrase would be yeah but a door that was always open that I, that never was fulfilled and then I had to close this like incomplete chapter of my life and open up a new one so it felt weird that that was like incomplete so I was still naturally inclined to want to feel that because I was and I am attracted to guys yeah so I would and especially at university like there's a lot of good options or a lot of guys out there so yeah I struggled Western with that cute boys. <laughs> yeah I struggled with that so I was like mm-hmm. What if I meet a, a really nice guy? Like, I really want to talk to him and I really want to pursue it because that is what I've always wanted. Like, mm-hmm. a husband and biological kids. And, like, the kids was a whole other thing for me. Like, to get over that was a really was really difficult. Like, the whole biological kids thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, that was another thing where I was like, maybe I should just, like, date guys and forget about this with Steph because I know that I could be attracted to them. I know that I could probably, like, date them, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, that was one of the big conflicts I told. Her name was Ursula in Mm -hmm. this in these texts and I was like I don't understand like what do I do like I can't let go of her but I don't think I'm ready to like move forward with it because I don't know if I want this for my life yeah so it was this massive conversation about all those things so it was a very like genuine conversation so after I had that conversation and then once I came to the conclusion that like I had to, to tell the rest of my friends because Steph was kind of like okay, like, I need to walk away and we're either going to be friends or something more. Like, we can't keep being in limbo land. Yeah. So the I think one of the main motivators to tell my friends was because I needed you, you guys to help me <laughs> keep her around because she was in Oshawa and I was in London and I felt like I only had, like, a day or two to do this before she'd walk away for real. And I didn't think she'd believe me if I would just say, no, it's okay, like, I, I really care about you. So I, need, I knew I needed to do something bigger. So then I finally, like, mustered up the courage to tell you guys. And the way I did that was I screenshot all of my texts from Ursula, between Ursula and myself, because that explained kind of everything. And I didn't feel like having that same conversation over and over and over again with everyone. Yeah. So I screenshot that whole conversation um, and then emailed it to a bunch of my closest friends um, because I thought that would give the best depiction of, like, how I was feeling without having to rehash it. Mm. Um, and then, and I think I also sent it to my sister. Mm. Um, and then once I did that, and you guys were, like, happy for me and, like, kind of knew something was up, I think. Like, some people did anyway, I think. Um, I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, my sister did. She was mad. Yeah. She's like, I knew it. Because also, Steph was, like, around my family a lot in the summer, but they True. didn't know, right? And they kind of, like, caught us a few times, but then obviously we denied. Not caught us, but, like, she came camping with my family and, like, different things like that. And, like, obviously they could see that something was happening or something yeah. was going on. Like, and I would obviously continue to deny it. So they felt like I was lying to them, which technically I was, but mm-hmm. not with not with ill intention, obviously. Yeah. And, like, you're going through a lot, so yeah. it's, like, fair to not have to tell them everything yeah when so you're ready I remember yeah my sister was like oh I knew it like why why didn't you tell me before whatever um but you guys were like supportive so then what I ended up doing was I had was it Ke- who did it Kelly and Caitlin Kelly and Caitlin yeah. yeah I had Kelly and Caitlin so I typed up this like poetic letter type of thing it was just like this rhymey letter to Steph being like um I know or 
I don't know like what the future holds, but I do know like my feelings for you. Like I don't know like this, but I do know that like I want to take this risk with you. Like I don't know this. It was just that rhyme, like that rhymey kind of thing like that in my letter, basically. <laughs> um, so I wrote this letter up for her, basically saying like I I I didn't ask her to be my girlfriend because I still wasn't there yet, but. But I did say, like, what I do know is I want to take, like, this, like, risk with you, like, together with you by my side, something like that. Mm-hmm. To try and keep her, like, to try and tell her, like, that I want this to be more, like, I don't want to give it up. Like, I understand it's hurting, like, it's hurting you because I'm in, like, limbo. So that was me being, like, let's move forward and, like, this isn't just, like, friends kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, so then Caitlin and Kelly, I had them drive that letter to Steph's house and then a different Caitlin Caitlin Plotz yeah, yeah Caitlin Plotz and Kelly and I voiced over the song that came out that year which was like kind of ironic but the song Same Love by Macklemore yeah so I voiced over that song and then I, w- I remember I was sitting in my lecture at the time and I was trying to coordinate all this while I was trying to sit in my lecture and it was so hard um and I sent Steph the song when Caitlin and Kelly told me they had arrived at her place or like down the street and I told him to place the letter on the roof of her car in a tea because Steph was sick at the time. Yeah. So, like, they so got her thoughtful. favorite tea. Well, it wasn't even me. Thankfully, I have good friends. But, um, so they, they put the letter and the tea on the roof of her car. I sent Steph the song, and I told her to listen to it. And then I was like, um, okay, like, now can you walk outside to your car? And she's that like, is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done many better things since, but, uh, Yeah. Um, anyway, so she listened and she said, like, why do you want me to go outside? And I was like, just trust me, go outside. So then she went outside, she read the letter. Uh, Caitlin and Kelly were probably still there, like spying her behind <laughs> yeah. her car to watch her reaction. <laughs> um, yeah. So then from then on, I think she realized like I was more in it or like I, she kind of at least had more confidence in like how strong my feelings were for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still young. So like, it's not like she needed to know that I was going to marry her or anything like that, but yeah, whatever. So at least she had more confidence in us at that point um so yeah that was that and then it, I was still hiding it though like I was nowhere near like telling the public about it or being open about it like that literally took me years to be even remotely okay being like perceived as someone who would be labeled as lesbian or gay in public like because mm-hmm. I still didn't identify with it. I still don't I don't like I always say I don't like labels because I just feel like it's such a spectrum like it is yeah and it, yeah, like, I don't, I, I say gay and I say lesbian and all that stuff because it's just easy words to throw around at this point. I'm over it and I'm over what people think. So, like, I don't really care. Like, I know obviously how I feel. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, I still am very attracted to men. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but I think in my experience, I've had closer emotional connections to females. I haven't actually had, like, a long-term relationship with a man that who I've been in love with. So then does that not make me bisexual? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many different variables. Yeah, there's such a spectrum. And I feel like people, like, get confused about it and get confused with, like, gender and sexuality are, like, two totally separate things. Completely. Like, people just default to thinking, like, you're a man, so you like women, and you're a woman, so you like man or yeah. men. Yeah. But it's not like that, and it's such a spectrum. For sure. And there's even... I can't. I can't speak, like for anyone who's transgender but since I have had experience speaking for get real a lot of people also confuse that with transgender individuals um or individuals who are transgender because they like they assume that if you're transitioning from male to female then you'll want to date 
men at that point, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. It just completely, it has nothing to do with it. Like, you could yeah, still be separate. attracted to females, or you could still be attracted to males, or vice versa, or whatever, right? Like, it can go any which way. Mm-hmm. People don't even identify as just male or female. So, there's yeah. so many, there's so many things now, and I'm not even an expert. Like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes I even feel silly talking about it, even though I'm part of the community. But, um, but yeah, obviously, I can speak to my own experience, and that's mm-hmm. just my per- perspective on, like, labels and the way I think about it for myself. Who was the hardest person to tell? I think you, you yeah, can answer that. that. Actually, I didn't even tell. But I don't think I would have... It's almost like when I think of telling my parents, I almost think of it the same as, like, skydiving. Like, I always <laughs> say, like, I'm always the type of person that, like, wants to do everything and, like, not be scared of anything. Like, mm-hmm. so I say, like, I want to do skydiving. Like, I want to do this. But, like, there's no fucking way that I would, like, willingly jump <laughs> out of a plane. Yeah. But, like... There's also no fucking way that I would deny the opportunity to to try something once. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would still always do something, but I'd yeah. be like, but someone has to push me out. So, kind mm-hmm. of, that's the same thing with, like, my parents. Like, I don't think, had they not found out or come to me about it, that I would have ever willingly been able to tell them. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe if years had passed, but, like, in the first two years, like, there's no way, like... But my mom, they found out, like, a month later. So, <laughs> yeah. so it, didn't, it didn't last that long, but... For Thanksgiving, I left a cup. I think just a day early, um, because I wanted to go to Steph's place first and then go to my parents' place, um, without them knowing. So I did that. I went to Steph's and then we had like we hung out for like a day and a night, and then I went to my parents the next day for Thanksgiving. Now, the twist comes into play um, because my sister also went to Western and she knew about Steph, and she I think must have known or found out that I went home a day early and then she <coughs> seemed to have no problem telling my parents that I went home a day early. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. So yeah. she told them that I went home a day early and she probably told them because I went to Steph's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's how they found so out. So that's when my mom was like, Haley said you came home like, um, like early from Thanksgiving. Also like, I don't have any grudges, like whatever. That's just how it happened. But yeah. Um, and obviously it's better that it did than it didn't because they had to find out at some point. So it was going to be something if it wasn't this. So thanks, yeah. Kelly. <laughs> um, oh my God. But how were you feeling when your mom like called you? And was she like, didn't. I was there. So I, they oh. confronted me in person. So this was when I showed up at my parents' house the next day. And then my mom was like, Haley said you left yesterday. Like, where were you? Oh my and I gosh. was like, what do you mean? Like, kind of playing dumb. <laughs> and she's like, where were you? And... Um, she's like, were you at Stephanie's? And I just kind of was like silent. I didn't say anything. Cause they had, she had asked me, like, I remember having a, I had like a road trip with her in the summer and she was like, it's just something you have to tell me. Like, is anything going on with Stephanie? I'm like, no. And I was like, you're going to see when I have a boyfriend one day, like there's nothing going on. Like I would fully mm-hmm. deny it Yeah. because I was fully in denial and yeah. I fully meant that I was going to have a boyfriend and a husband one day when I said it to her. Yeah. Um, for sure. I meant that, but I denied like that. I was more than friends with her that summer. Um, anyway, so so yeah, she questioned it and then like eventually I just didn't answer and then she's like, were you at Stephanie's? And I was like, yes. And then um, that's all I basically had to say. And then they knew, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. that, that we were just, that we were more than friends and something else was going on. And like my family isn't, isn't necessarily a family to like talk about like a lot of personal things or like relationship things or like feelings, especially me. Like I always felt like I wanted to be the strong one and like support mm-hmm. my siblings and my parents and like make my parents proud and like the, the classic high achiever right like yeah want to come home with good grades and like make them proud and succeed and do well in school and sports and blah 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 blah. like anything that would keep them happy make them happy like that's what I wanted 
to do for them. I didn't want to put any more stress on them. They had stress coming from other areas, so I just didn't want to add anything else to it. I wanted to, like, keep them on the on the up pill, you know? Mm-hmm. But that says a lot, if, like, because that's something you've always been thinking about, is, like, just wanting to make your parents proud, but, like, you couldn't ignore this. Right, exactly. So, like, that... <clears throat> Everything I did and I've done in my life doesn't only is it was never only for them because like I've always yeah. been passionate about everything I've done, but I also did obviously seek their approval and seek their praise and like stuff like that, of course. Um, and yeah, I I definitely d- never wanted to like ever hurt them and always wanted to like do what I could to like mm-hmm. make sure they were happy and that kind of stuff and be like the glue of my family or whatever like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when this came along, it was like the first thing that was ever like kind of off the radar for me or like just like out of character or whatever from what they were used to because like usually I was like the good kid who didn't, you know, like never caused them any mm-hmm. kind of stress. Um, so yeah, once this happened, it just like <laughs> it flipped my family's world upside down too. Yeah. Um, what Understandable, like of course, like similar to me, like, just how I felt and saw my life growing up, like, my mom saw that same life for me, for her daughter, mm-hmm. so, like, of course, I understand, it's hard, like, yeah, even me thinking, of course, now, like, I've been so intertwined with this community that I would never treat my kids like that, but back then, if I, obviously, I wouldn't, but if I had kids back then, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure I might be inclined to have the same reaction, like, of course, it would, it would probably hurt, because just something that I had always envisioned for my kid was different, and then, one thing that goes through your head is being concerned about what their future looks like if that's because it's so foreign to my family so yeah. like and it, yeah it's foreign kind of in our circle and our generation is more accepting to that than our parents for sure so. um and and I think too like my my family is or my mom always wanted the best for us like gave us so many opportunities and really wanted us to succeed so I think for her it was really hard to have that kind of like black sheep now in a family mm-hmm. where it made it made her feel like embarrassed to have someone who was like odd or like weird or whatever you want to call it or for people who would perceive as like wrong or all the different perceptions or stigmas out there about gay people that some people might think about right yeah and then she I think part of it was her thinking that it meant she was a failure as a parent and she did something wrong and all those thoughts went through her head and then it was it was a long 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 process (laughs) how was she able to get past that because I feel like she's pretty accepting now yeah time um it was never there was definitely never like any kind of pivotal moment it was just it took time and it yeah. was she had to process process through it in her own way she had out of ever in my family she definitely had the hardest time mm-hmm. um which I I kind of would have expected my dad's more religious but he was like whatever I want my kids to be happy and I think yeah. my mom had a, a harder time letting go of, of that vision that she had for her family and for her daughter and for my future so yeah and then feeling like a failure as a parent and knowing she can't go back and change it and just not understanding and not having enough awareness or education or knowledge about what it means. Like, I'm literally still the exact same person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even feel like I can be identified as a lesbian. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I still look the yeah. same, dress the same. Like, And that doesn't at all mean you failed your kids just right. because they love... Like, like well, it has nothing to do with anything, Yeah, right? it doesn't. Like, it's nice that you found someone who you could be in love with. Like, yeah, like obviously when you get over all of the the heat of the moment concerns and like Mm -hmm. crazy kind of world changing news yeah then hopefully you can come to the appreciation that your kid 
like can find love and like mm-hmm. as long as it's it's a good happy healthy love and relationship like that in the at the end of the day literally should be all that matters because yeah. like how many millions of straight couples get divorced and are so unhealthy and they're single parents and there's like abuse like as long as I'm in a healthy relationship like and I also still like always have wanted a family and still plan on having a family I always say mm-hmm. three kids blah 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 mm-hmm. like that never changed and I still plan on it it took me a long time to accept that it it won't be traditional in terms of it being like biological children that was hard for me to get over but but then I was like my my love for these people or my exes has been way more powerful than just like the desire to have biological children like of course we're gonna raise like amazing kids and they're gonna be our kids like as long as I'm with someone who's gonna be a good parent and a good wife then Mm -hmm. that's all that matters um so yeah I I remember the first time I heard my mom because she like for her too like yes coming out for me was one thing and it was next to impossible for so long like people at work like I would still like always you have to put so much more effort into like avoiding using pronouns and like talking about your life like even at in the hospital when patients would be like oh like you're so pretty like do you have a boyfriend 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 husband like that's all you ever hear right especially from old people so like every day you're put on the spot and then like I basically would just say like no like I'm single like I would never say like oh I have a girlfriend obviously yeah so that was kind of hard and it kind of felt sad that I had to be like ashamed or embarrassed or hide who I was because I've always I've, I've always been like a confident person or proud of who I was or proud of what I was doing but that was something that took me a really long time to be proud of mm-hmm. um and my mom would always so my family also kind of has to come out too right like mm-hmm. in the sense that they have to to exclude what's that word disclose disclose yeah <laughs> disclose that their daughter has a girlfriend or mm-hmm. or whatever right but and that took a long time for them too yeah um so yeah that's so true because like even if you accept it and like if your parents accept you and your relationships like you don't know what other people are going to like what their response is going to be when right. you say like my daughter and exactly. her girlfriend and that's something that I have to accept that that'll be my entire life is Mm -hmm. never knowing how people are going to respond because it is not the norm. Like it's not, it's not the majority of people. Like of course it's getting way more acceptable and way more prevalent and way more known and blah, 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 but it's still not the norm. And it's still like unpredictable with, with some perspectives that are out there as to how people respond. So like, I notice a little bit of a difference. Like I still have to come out every day. Like anytime I meet someone new at work or anytime, whatever, right? Like I'm in a (laughs) store and someone's like, if I want to be like, oh, I'm just buying this for my, and then you pause, like you notice all the time yeah. that I, I'm like, is it worth disclosing that it's a her or that it's a girlfriend or do I just avoid talking about it? So like a lot of the time I'm avoiding using pronouns. Like I always say partner now yeah, um, because it's gender neutral. So that's way more easy for me to talk about like my life when I say partner and then yeah. people don't have to know right away or whatever. Yeah. Would you prefer if like people who are in straight relationships refer to their significant other is their partner no I I like people can whatever anyone prefers that's what they should use the only reason so when people use the word partner it kind of innately makes me feel more safe and comfortable having a conversation with them because I kind of feel like that means they're more open to to any any form of relationship right so that's the only thing it does for me but I would never tell someone oh you should say it like this or you should prefer this like that's just how I feel when I'm around someone who uses that terminology. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day... I'm going to start like, saying that. You do you. <laughs> I'm going to say, if I girl. ever get a partner, I'm going to call him my partner. <laughs> yeah. It just... It, again, it's just like, if you want to be a person for people to feel 
this is what we tell the kids or what we used, what I used to tell the kids as part of the presentation with Get Real. Like, mm-hmm. you want to create that safe space that you want people to feel like you could be a person they could come to with stuff like that or feel safe, you know, like... Yeah. Because it's still a scary thing for people going through what I did go through back... And I was 21. Like, I couldn't imagine going through that when you're, like, in grade 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. So, like, as, as far... Um, as far from that as I feel now like it was still a huge 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 like emotional strain back then like I like cried like way more in that year than I probably did my entire life and like a lot of it too was crying for the pain that I felt like I was putting on my family because it did put a lot of pain and hurt and strain on my mom which I knew wasn't actually my fault but obviously I was the cause of why she was acting the way she wasn't being the way she wasn't kind of sick for for that bit of time um so of course like being like always wanting to please my parents knowing that I was literally the cause of so much pain mm-hmm. like tore me apart yeah um so how were you able to get past like all of these like doubts and insecurities um honestly just time and I don't think I I like really really got over all like at the end of the day it was it was about caring what other people thought yeah I think totally. and that was what I the bigger the bigger picture of what I really had to get over um and that took a long time I didn't officially get over it until Stephanie broke up with me because that was like my first insane heartbreak like that was my first love and then my heart just shattered into pieces and I'm sure people who've been through breakups have obviously had similar experiences like Mm -hmm. heteros whether it's heterosexual or homosexual relationship break like all love and breakups feel the same right yeah so, but there was, like, this added layer of, like, right. she was the one who helped you to realize this whole right. other and side Right, and also we had you. been through so much together because yeah. of that, right? Like, this person helped me come to this crazy realization. And, like, mm-hmm. essentially, like, I, I had a partially a new identity with this person who I'd only built yeah. with her. So I didn't know a life outside of her with that identity or whatever, right? Yeah. So eventually I hang out with a handful of people. I did gain that sense of independence. And I had to move home for the summer one summer out of our apartment after six months of living there alone without Steph. And then I moved to the beaches in Toronto to my own apartment. That was the first time I had ever rented my, or like lived in my own apartment alone without anyone. Mm-hmm. And it was a scary feeling, but I was definitely ready for it. Cause moving home into my parents' house after like years of living, not in my parents' house was very difficult. So I was yeah. ready. I was definitely ready to have my own space again. Um, so I moved to the beaches and I, like, loved living in the beaches. It was amazing. Um, and that was probably that as well as in each relationship were, like, the moments in my life where I could see the most significant growth in myself as a person. Um, like, I learned so many things. You just gain such a better appreciation for, like, an awareness of yourself living alone and appreciation for your independence and like doing things for yourself. Like you feel so much more confident naturally and like proud because you literally just like are the boss of your own life. Yeah. You do stuff for yourself. Like you can get shit done and you, you see that you can do it. Like you don't need anyone to do things for you. Like I could walk down to the beach alone and be like happy and you, you kind of gain such an appreciation for that. So I really loved the time that I had when I was living in the beaches on my own, not dating anyone. Um, and I learned a lot doing that and I think I needed that in order to be as whole as I am now in my current relationship like I really needed that realization and that time on my own because it teaches you so much I can't stress that enough but um yeah so I really really appreciate that um I also really appreciate 
Stephanie breaking up with me. I really, I've really come to appreciate everything that happens in my life because I've always been the type of person as I've been, as I've gone through these like extremely painful moments, I, I simultaneously know in the back of my mind that I'm getting, I'm getting strength from it. Like I know that I'm learning so much. Like I'm really thankful for my experiences because I feel like going through like a crazy breakup and going through a crazy love and heartbreak and all these lessons with my family. Like I feel like I can relate so much more to so many more people in, in life now. Yeah, it makes you more empathetic. Empathetic and relatable. So Mm -hmm. I've always really, really appreciated that. So anytime I do go through something that's really painful, I kind of am able to bring myself out of it fairly quickly without getting dragged down too much because I have that appreciation for it. And I'm able to kind of pull the positives from it and and make something Mm -hmm. out of it. So, So yeah. So even though like living on your own could be lonely sometimes, like I just tried to pull all of the positives from it. Like I was just like growing and growing and developing and like really loving gaining that confidence. Yeah. And then that brought me to where I am today because I ended up moving out of the beaches into my apartment in Mississauga um, with my current girlfriend who um, had already lived here for like four years before that. So she's a teacher in Mississauga and I got my job in Niagara Falls. So I moved to Mississauga because I made my commute somewhat easier um so yeah now I'm living here and dating my current girlfriend so now that you've gone through all this that everyone knows um that you are part of the LGBTQ community um what would you want to say to someone who um is in their process of coming out oh it's there's so much I could say but it's also so individual and so contextual so and also like I can't say I can't encourage him to say certain things because like I don't know the situation and the most important thing no matter what is to make sure that you're safe like I'm I'm so so lucky in the sense that even though like it was hard for my family like they would never even dream of disowning me or like Mm -hmm. anything like that but there are families out there where that happens so first and foremost I would say Make sure you're in a safe environment when you do feel comfortable to disclose things like that. Yeah. Um, and if you are, then that's amazing. Um, I also think that you should put faith in the process because it's going to feel like your world is crumbling underneath you, possibly, in the process. But also know that time really does help. Um, educating people helps. All of that kind of stuff helps. Um, if it's yourself, be proud of who you are, like no matter what anyone says, the best way to be is the most authentic version of yourself. Because if you're trying to please other people or if you're being fake or liking someone because of what it looks like to other people or whatever, that's not the real you. And at the end of the day, the people who you want in your life are the people who will appreciate and get to know the the deepest, like genuine part of you. So the real you is the most like attractive you and the most confident you. So even though it might take some time, hopefully you can come to a place where you can really appreciate and be proud of like who you genuinely are as a person because, oh my God, I'm so cheesy, but I've no, always, this is beautiful. but I've always said like, I, I value, this is somewhat related, but kind of different, but, um, on like a vaguer sense, like I value teamwork so much and I feel like obviously teams and like just society as a whole is so much stronger when like everyone can bring their own individual skills and strengths to the table and their like individual selves like without everyone's individuality and opinions and stuff 
mm-hmm. we wouldn't ha- we wouldn't grow as a society. Yes. So like that's where we become stronger, and that's where change happens, and that's what needs to happen in order for society to continue to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. So. I appreciate genuineness and like authenticity so much and hopefully you can come to the place where you feel that you can evoke that as a person way easier said than done there's also a million resources out there nowadays so if you're going through a really hard time um I can't speak to how hard it would be if I was ever abandoned or someone turned me down or stopped caring about me or being my friend or whatever because because of who I I love I couldn't imagine that feeling but if if that's something you're going through you're not alone and like please reach out there's so many resources and there's like a massive lgbtq community with open arms like i swear to god everyone is so loving in that community that you will always have like someone who could be there for you who you could talk to so just reach out there's so many resources out there that's so nice Wow, Megan, that was beautiful. <laughs> is this your awkward like, part? No, I feel like... No, I mean it. Because today I went to a Tony Robbins Power <laughs> of Success event. And it was all day long. And I was so negative the whole time because so much of it was very annoying. Starting and, at 10 a.m. when I get a text from you being like, I want to leave. Because people were just like trying to sell me stuff. And I wanted to be inspired. And I left feeling so negative. But after your little blurb right there... I feel positive yeah. you nice. got it from me your whole <laughs> yeah. life that you've had to go through Megan life chats like, since <laughs> yeah. you were like nine no I like it though that was nice good I'm mm-hmm. glad you liked it um what's the biggest thing that you've learned from your coming out I say air quotes again coming out <laughs> experience oh <sighs> um a lot like I, I think it probably already covered quite a bit that I've learned from it is there like one main I think one thing for myself personally that I that I can think of off the top of my head is that you'll surprise yourself at what you can overcome and what time will do and like way back way back when I first kind of had feelings for a girl I would never even imagine myself standing in front of hundreds of students speaking about it and telling my story I literally couldn't walk out the door and like even be seen or perceived as like being close with my girlfriend let alone like speaking my entire story to like hundreds and hundreds of kids at different schools or like telling people I work with about it or like coming out like to people at work and like being okay with it I literally never thought I would be okay with it so I think have more faith in yourself just because you're feeling a certain way or scared at the time like know that you are worth it first of all and you should have faith and kind of be that person who you strive to be like if you have a role model tell your like that role model is no better than you like you can literally do anything you want to do be anything you want to be no one who's more successful than you is better than you you can be that person so I think amen I think that it's really important to like give yourself credit and have faith in yourself and know that you can overcome anything like everything like there, it's never it's never the end like there's always always a light at the end of the tunnel so just keep trucking through and have faith in the process and have faith in yourself and give people more 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 credit than than maybe you want to initially like there's many times where I'm hesitant to like tell people that I'm gay but if I was someone who who was straight or even gay and I and I learned that someone was 
nervous to like tell that to me I would almost not I would almost be offended a little bit because I'm like I'm I'm such an understanding person like give me mm-hmm. more credit like I would love to support you like I, I would care about you no matter what like that doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. so give people more credit um, and at the end of the day if they don't respond um, in a positive way first of all give them a little bit of time if that's the type of person they are in your life and, and understand things from their perspective but but also if there's someone who's going to treat you differently because of who you love or something like that, then they're not worth having in your life. Like keep yeah. positive people in your life. You just, you don't want to drag yourself down with anyone with negative energy because that just means they have some of their own work to do, right? Because mm-hmm. you should really only care about who you love. Like that literally doesn't affect their life at all. So no one should care to have anything bad to say about your love life. It's mm-hmm. kind of silly. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. It's so funny to see like how far you've come. Like, I know, imagine I, you, like, 21-year-old you, like, looking at yourself now with just, like, the difference no. is, like, nuts. I can't even stress how different it is. That was a disgusting how. <laughs> <laughs> how different. I can't even stress, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't even, I can't even bring myself back to where I was because mm-hmm. I'm so far from it now. Yeah. But so, time really has been, like, a big thing. Like, not just for you, but for, like, your family and just, like everyone yeah okay these are truly actually the oh last questions okay these are just meant to be like you said that about like every quick. single question <laughs> like these are truly the last ones that i want to ask everybody but this doesn't just have to relate to like whatever you're just it could be about anything it's basically how i've been answering everything so yeah um so what have you learned or been learning lately oh my lord a few things actually that i that i feel like have been like character builders in the past year I'm the type of person that's kind of like an all or nothing person, a little bit more of a perfectionist. Um, and I used to be defensive if I felt like my character or something was being threatened or accused of something that I didn't feel like I did or intended or something. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've really, I feel like I've kind of grown from those types of mindset in the sense that um, now when I initially used to feel, the, not the need to be defensive, but like the inclination to defend myself, I now kind of like step back and realize that the person who's talking to me is wanting like they they have a right to their own feelings so regardless of how I feel about what they're saying like they have the right to feel that way and that's their genuine feeling so first I want to validate those feelings and then I can like explain my perspective but I think I've learned to do that better and I've learned and you learn a lot of those things I find through dating different people so I feel like my character has grown immensely just from like learning how to work and communicate with various people. So I've learned a lot from my current relationship. I learned a lot from my past relationship, even my family, my relationships with my family and how those ties come into play in your current relationship. So you really have to kind of look back to how you grew up and your different communication styles within your family because that is often the root of where all of the basis of your communication with your partner comes from, right? So if you're ever noticing some issues there, look look back to that kind of stuff and usually it's related and then you can kind of um, um, impact it from there but yeah so I've learned a lot about that and I think I've gotten a lot better at those types of things and kind of taking my ego out of the picture and all that kind of stuff when you're when you're communicating with with your partner and being really understanding so yeah just all the all that kind of stuff there's so much like but but yeah I, I think I've learned the most in the past year about my character and feel like I've grown a lot too Mm-hmm. Okay, most important lesson that you've learned in your life so far. <laughs> They're like all the fucking <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Well, because you like to cover everything in yeah. each one. 
You don't even have to ask me questions. I could just <laughs> yeah. talk for like two yeah. hours about like everything I've yeah, ever Yeah, I know. Thought As you're talking, life. I'm like, okay, cover that one. Cover that one. Six and seven. I'm just eliminating the need for a good job. Um, oh my god, these people are gonna be like, you're so repetitive. <laughs> no. Um, most important thing I've learned in my life so far. <laughs> yes. Or just like one key lesson. That was literally like the last question, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? What was the question? <laughs> what have you been learning lately? Yeah. And then what is the main, like the most important thing you've learned in your life? Uh, at the end of the day, the only person you actually have is yourself. So your priority should always be to make yourself happy and to find yourself. Like you shouldn't put work in on understanding someone else or trying to fit in with someone else or make someone else happy because if it's a friend or whoever, like, yes, there's amazing friends and amazing family. And of course, maybe they'll be in your life forever, but you never know what hap- what will happen. And the only thing you have full guarantee of is that you will always be in your life. So you should mm-hmm. make yourself a priority. Make sure that you know how to make yourself happy and make sure that you have like the most extensive self-awareness that you can before you're trying to like learn about other people and make them happy. You should put that energy into yourself and you deserve that. One thing too that I that I really value is learning. Like I yes. feel, I feel like people shouldn't like you, you're asking me all these questions. What have I learned? Like, yeah. what's, what do you want everyone to know? Never stop learning. Mm-hmm. I keep doing that growly thing when I'm like, passionate. <laughs> never stop. <laughs> yeah. Never stop learning. Like that's just something that I live by. Like, yeah, that's like the whole I, point of learn with love. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like yeah. I, I am so passionate about just that concept alone like I think like you should always mm-hmm. desire to grow as a person and be setting new goals and yes maybe that's a character flaw in me because like I always feel like I want to be busy and productive and like that's yeah. still something I have to unpack a little bit myself because I need to I think work on some of that kind of meditation stuff more and mindfulness stuff oh my god me too I'm the exact same I'm such a busy body and like I really always want to like feel productive with my time and if I'm not working or doing homework then I want to be like pursuing like learning guitar or like building on some of those hobbies or playing a sport or like working mm-hmm. on my fitness so I feel like I always want to be working on so many things yeah and as much as I can tell you never stop learning always set goals it is also important to take that time for self-care and I'm still kind of learning the importance of that and I still need to get a good grasp on that but that's so important because then you'll burn out and won't be able to obviously do all the things you want to do yeah so I'll stress that too but but yeah never stop learning like, try to learn something every day. Like, one thing I, I said to Julie, like, I was like, oh, like, why don't we do this thing where every day, like, you you tell me something new about yourself that I don't know. Or, like, just learning or, like, something that's you learned today. So then we can learn from each other. Like, I love learning new things. And that's yeah. what I love about my new job because I feel like there's always meetings and there's so many different departments and people from different backgrounds that I'm always learning. And I am obsessed with that. Like, I love learning. Yeah. It's so interesting. It is. And I feel like it's good to just, like... Well, that's, like, the point of this podcast is to, like, learn from other people. Yeah, and Because there's so many different perspectives that we all need to try to understand. And then that will just make for a more And that's how you can better contribute to society. Like, the more Uh you learn, the more you can provide. And And just the more understanding you'll be of people. Yeah, and the more empathetic. And the less less ignorant, which is a pet peeve of mine. Some ignorance that's out there. But, yeah, like, learn. Try new things. Don't don't turn things down. Amen. But then also, slow down a bit too. Yeah, also slow down. I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah. so. um, okay, honey. Well, I think that's everything. Everything and more. Chatting. Yeah. You didn't know what you were in for to... when you were interviewing. I know. Yeah. I Actually, you, have, you probably questions. did. No, I did. Yeah. I did. But no, that was helpful. I didn't, didn't have to 
write down all these questions because you just answer them on your own. But well, I'm glad it could be of service. Yeah, honey, thank you for being on my podcast. I need to get a Claritin <laughs> stat. Yeah, we have some. Okay. Uh, my pleasure. Hopefully I'll, I'll come around again. Yeah, we'll do a follow-up. Yeah, for sure. I'd love it. Cool. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Um, also, I'm proud of you. Thanks, honey. Oh, my so God. So proud of you. That's so nice. That's hug. You. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.